As a veterinarian, it is not uncommon for a pet to be presented to me on behalf of a frail older person by a friend or family member and having the forceful, if not somewhat chilling statement made to me, this wee dog is all that is keeping mum alive. If the dog dies, mum will have nothing to live for and she will probably die. Unfortunately, and quite soberingly, on more than one occasion, not long after an elderly client's beloved pet has passed away, their name will appear in the death notices. It would appear their pet was all that was keeping them alive. The animal-human bond is strong, but it appears to be even stronger in senior citizens. In this episode of The Vet Podcast, I have a closer look at the relationship between senior citizens and their pets. Are you a veterinarian dreaming about working down under in New Zealand? If so, I'd love to help you make that dream come true. Hi, I'm Julie South of VetStaff. VetStaff is New Zealand's only recruitment agency specialising in the Kiwi veterinary sector. We can help you find your dream job down under, from short-term locum assignments through to permanent employment and residency. Because we know God's own Aotearoa New Zealand like the back of our hands, we can match your career aspirations with a clinic that'll suit you best. Whether you're planning to work here for a few months or forever, if it's got anything to do with working in a vet clinic in New Zealand, we can help. Vetstaff.co.nz You are listening to The Vet Podcast, presented by veterinarian Dr. Brian Greger from New Zealand. Join us as we discuss pet health issues from around the world. One of the stereotypical images of old age is a little old lady sitting contentedly with a cat on her lap. This is more than just imagery. The cat may well be increasing her life expectancy and quality of life. There are a number of studies that demonstrate that senior citizens that have pets, or at least access to pets, have better physical health and mental well-being than those that don't. This is why, at least in this part of the world, it is becoming commonplace for residents in retirement villages to be allowed to bring their pet with them, or in a lot of cases, for the home to have their own resident pets that can roam free around the facility. On a very basic level, a pet supplies a sense of purpose to the owner. It gives something to care for. The pet requires exercising, feeding and grooming. Without wanting to oversimplify things, it gives a reason to get up in the morning. Simple companionship is very important. Often the elderly person's life partner has died, the kids have left home and they are living alone. There is a void in their life for someone or something to care for and love. A reason for being if you like. I'm sure we have all had deep conversations with our own pets. I know I have. It may be one-sided verbally, but the tail wags and the purrs tell me that the pet has understood everything I have said. Even just a cat on your knee or a dog at your feet can be such a warm and reassuring feeling, and who doesn't enjoy a good cuddle? Pets also satisfy the need to touch and be touched, and a big thing is that they are non-judgmental, and they don't hold a grudge. We are all creatures of routine. If there is no reason for routine, no one to cook for or care for, really what is the point of life? But if there is a dependent pet, there is the reason. 
The cat wants to be fed at 8 in the morning, so there is a reason to get out of bed. The little dog needs exercise, so on with the lead and out for a walk. And so it continues. Having to regularly feed a pet can remind the owner to eat themselves. Having to buy pet food reminds the owner to buy food for themselves. So what about the benefits to the physical health of the owner? We have already mentioned exercise in regard to routine, but usually to exercise a dog infers the owner exercises themselves. With all of the benefits to health, in particular cardiovascular and locomotory health, this confers. The long and the short of it is that exercise is good for you. I will add, at any age. And the other side of the health coin is mental health. There is the obvious healthy body, healthy mind thing, But there are specifically a number of studies that indicate that pet ownership by older people, especially if they are institutionalised, has a dramatic effect on improving their mental health. Now, for completeness here, I would be remiss not to mention that there is one study that I have come across that found no benefit of pet ownership in the 60 to 64 year age group. And another study found a link between dog ownership and depression, although the casual relationship for this finding is unclear. For those of you who have a dog, I'm sure you have noticed that people are much more inclined to stop and have a conversation with you while out walking if you have a dog in tow, or the dog has you in tow. Both those with their own dogs, or often just someone who wants to pet the dog. We see this behaviour in the waiting room every day. For our elderly, these conversations can take them out of their usual sphere of contacts and engage them with a real cross-section of society. I have seen cases where casual conversation with another dog's owner in time becomes arranged dog walking dates and, in a few cases, have led on to really good friendships. Now, as with everything in life, things aren't clear-cut. We have seen the advantages of pet ownership. Are there downsides? As I have mentioned it, the obvious answer is yes. Unfortunately, things often come down to money. Keeping a pet isn't cheap. If the elderly person is making do on a pension, funds may be limited and there is a cost to keeping a pet. As sad as it is, I have seen cases where elderly clients have delayed bringing their pet to see me because they couldn't afford to, although they desperately knew that they should. I also know of heart-wrenching cases where older clients didn't bring their beloved pet to see me because in their mind they knew it would be a one-way trip and they wouldn't be bringing the pet home. If the animal is your reason for living, imagine how hard it must be to say goodbye. To add to this, and this is an observation, I have no statistics to go with it, but Often the pets of older people are older themselves and may require more veterinary involvement than a younger pet. I have also seen cases where people have resisted moving to an aged care facility because either the facility wouldn't allow pets or they were not aware that they could actually take their pet with them. The older owner may have a decreased ability to get about so may need help taking the pet to the vet. So this is something that may require a bit of a commitment from family members or from the facility itself. There's also the old Nana tripped over the dog and broke her hip scenario. Tripping over a pet or toys or bedding is certainly a thing. Ultimately, 
Although there are undoubtedly benefits in pet ownership for seniors, each person has to weigh up the risks and benefits for themselves. We'll take a wee break here. I have some bills to pay, but after the break, I will look at some tips for choosing a pet for an elderly person. Don't go away. I'll be straight back. If you have a business, you need a website. What's the best way to get a website up and running? Choose a website hosting company that makes it simple. Like Peer Networks. Peer has over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Peer makes it easy for you with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page design. And they have guaranteed US-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Right now, when you sign up with Peer Networks, you'll receive one free month of web hosting. See for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit peer.com slash free to get your first month of website hosting for free by using the code QUICKSTART. That's peer.com slash free, promo code QUICKSTART, to get started today. Now back to the podcast. And welcome back. In the first part of this podcast, we discussed the benefits of pet ownership for the elderly. Now I want to have a quick look at the things to think about if an elderly person does decide to get a new pet. I guess the first thing, and probably quite obvious, is practicality. 86-year-old arthritic Nana isn't really going to be able to look after a German Shepherd or a Newfoundland, especially if she is living in a flat with no lawns in an old people's home. Medical conditions need to be taken into consideration. If Omar is on blood thinners, a scratchy cat is not going to go well. Just the same as if Grandad has a really dodgy heart, he's not going to be able to walk that dog very far. Conversely, if you are retired but still mobile and plan to head away on holiday regularly, if COVID doesn't get in the way, maybe a cat would be better than a dog. The behaviour of a pet is paramount for older people. If the cat is expected to sit on the bed or on Grandad's knee, a kitten that is shy and aloof is probably not the best choice. Breed is also really important. Remembering that different behavioural characteristics are often breed related. Compare a Border Collie to a Bichon Frise or a Papillon for example. The Border Collie is a million miles an hour dog that always wants to be busy, whereas the little lap dogs couldn't really care less and will probably just sit beside the chair. Don't just limit the pet choices to cats and dogs. There are situations where neither of these species are the best idea. What about a bird or even a tank of fish? Although they're not really known for sitting on your knee, they will provide company and they will still require caring for. As I mentioned earlier, a number of retirement homes may have their own pets, and this may well suffice. Obviously, in this situation, the care of the animal is up to the home rather than the individual, and may well be a really good compromise in some situations. I have heard a slightly alarming, I suppose you call it an urban myth, about one of the local retirement homes here, where it is said that the facility's cat sleeps on the bed of the person if they are about to die. I'm sure I'd be kicking that cat off my bed as fast as I could. 
it may be that guidance is needed as to whether having a pet is the best option for some people. Over my time, I have seen a few sad cases where an elderly pet owner is not up to the task of caring for a pet, either mentally or physically. If the person is in a home, check with their carers first. Do not hesitate to discuss the whole pet owning thing with a veterinarian, both the suitability of a certain pet and also what will be required to look after it. This may be a case of try before you buy. See if it is possible to have the pet for a month, say, to see how it goes. And finally, we're back to the if the dog dies, mum dies thing. There is always a sting in the tail if the pet dies first. Ultimately, there may well be benefits in pet ownership for the elderly. The benefits and risks have to be weighed up on an individual basis and a rational decision made. Keep a lookout for the next episode of the Vet Podcast, where we discuss puppy scams and puppy farms with Nick from PetSpot. Until next time, keep safe. And that's it for another episode of the Vet Podcast. All of our links are in one place at beacons.ai slash vetpodcast. That is B-E-A-C-O-N-S dot A-I slash vetpodcast. And while you're there, don't forget to buy us a coffee. On behalf of me, Brian Greger, and everybody else involved in the making of this podcast, thanks for listening and we'll catch you again soon. Music